Welcome to the Seek Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I'm Erin Falbo, your host for this season. Each week, we're sharing content that dives into the heart of the gospel, who God is, who we are, and what it means to live in relationship with Him. We're excited to walk with you as you encounter the Lord. Hey, so great to be here with y'all. Um, I love speaking to college students. This is like, I, I understand. I feel you guys feel where you're at. Listen, I'm like your big sister, okay? I'm like your big sister, and I'm going to say all the words that are going to make you probably very uncomfortable, like orgasm and horny, okay? And I'm just going to say it because I have no shame, and I'm the kind of mom. I have four kids. They're eight, six, five, two, one on the way. And I'm the kind of mom. Thank you. It's not just a burrito in there, okay? It's kind of that awkward phase. You're like, is she just like eating a lot? Um, and so I'm like the kind of mom, like I'm teaching my kids, like I want them to grow up knowing that sex is not shameful. Amen. Their bodies are not shameful. You guys, like so many of us were raised, um, oftentimes our families, we didn't talk about sex. Um, we didn't talk about our, the goodness of our bodies. And so what happened is a lot of shame entered in because we thought like, there's something wrong with it. There's something bad about it, right? Or people were like, just don't do it until you get married, right? And so I, we want to reclaim that because the Catholic Church actually absolutely thinks that sex is beautiful, that our bodies are good. It was created by God. And that you guys, when it comes to chastity, yes, it absolutely is possible because chastity is not just celibacy. Chastity is learning how, it's, it's, it's how to love properly. It's learning how to love each person as a human being and not as an object for our use. Because Pope John Paul, back in the day, right, like Pope John Paul wrote Theology of the Body, but before he wrote Theology of the Body, when he was a cardinal, he wrote Love and Responsibility, which is like the hobbit to the Lord of the Rings, okay? So Pope, Pope John Paul wrote Love and Responsibility. He said, in the future, the opposite of love is not going to be hate, it's going to be use, that we are going to use people for our own pleasure. We're going to use people as objects to be used instead of loving them as persons. So today, I hope that when we leave here, I hope we our hearts are changed because Jesus says, right, like adultery is not just cheating on someone. In fact, when you look at a woman or man with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. <sighs> Jesus wants our hearts to change. You guys, it doesn't, it's not that like it's a bunch of rules. Because listen, if Catholicism were a bunch of rules, I wouldn't do it. Amen? I'm not Catholic as a bunch of rules. I'm Catholic because I fell in love with Jesus Christ when I was 18. I fell in love with Jesus and I said, God, I want to love you. I want to love my neighbor as myself. And I want to learn to love rightly. I need to stop using guys for my own pleasure. I want to stop using people because that's what I was doing. Because that's what the culture told me to do. And you guys, is it possible Absolutely. The world is going to tell you that chastity is not possible. People are going to constantly tell you, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like I was like, I was a virgin until I was 29 until I got married. I waited till marriage to have sex and people were like, yeah, right. Like even now people still are like, yeah, right. I don't believe you. My husband has been free from pornography since before we were married. He ridded himself. Of, he was in seminary, got porn out of his life. He's been free from porn for about 10, 12 years. People are like, yeah, right. That's not possible. He's lying to you right? The, the world will constantly tell you chastity is not possible, but I'm here to tell you it is. That chastity is possible. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. Amen? 
It's by the grace of God. You guys, we cannot do it on our own. I've tried to do it on my own. It's not possible. It is possible with the grace of God. It is possible that God has given you therapy. <laughs> if you need to go to therapy, you, it's, it's possible to be free, to be free of the shame, to be free of a lot of you. Maybe you were raised in homes where, again, you have a very messed up family life, maybe a very shame-filled family life. Maybe some of you were abused sexually, emotionally, verbally, physically, you guys, there's a lot of stuff in our lives. I don't know every single one of you, but I know in the body of Christ, you guys were a mess and that's okay because Jesus comes into the mess to redeem us and heal us, amen? You guys, Jesus came into the mess. He was born in a manger, a mess. And that's what he does to our hearts. He comes into our hearts, which are messy. And he says, I wanna redeem you and I wanna heal you and I wanna save you. And it is possible, chastity is possible. So what is chastity? Chastity is essentially an integration of our body and our soul, okay? Because when it comes to our sexuality especially, we all know the feeling of our bodies wanting to do something and our soul says, ah, you shouldn't do it. But your body's like, but I wanna do it, right? That's kind of what sin is. But especially when it comes to our sexuality, if we are disintegrated, where our soul is like, I shouldn't do it, I shouldn't do it, but my body's like, I wanna do it. But to be a chaste person means that our body and soul are integrated. And, and, and the Catholic Church and the catechism, I hope you guys all have a catechism. In fact, little plug here, Father Mike Schmitz of Ascension Presents is doing a catechism in a year right now. And this is a little pocket version I have. I love it. Um, the catechism of the Catholic Church is every single one of us has a vocation to love. Every single person was made with a vocation to love. And every single one of us was called to be a gift let me tell you, life, the goal of life is not orgasm. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Freud, literally Sigmund Freud said that the goal of life was to get as much pleasure as possible. He said the only reason why we don't is because society, you know, you know, maybe in society it's not appropriate, but that was Sigmund Freud's goal. He thought maximize pleasure, minimize pain, right? But that's not the truth. We all know people who are having a lot of sex and they're not happy, right? Right? And guess what? I, we have some people in here who are celibate who don't have sex. I have some priests, I have some nuns who are living celibate lives. I have my friend Kim is around here somewhere. Oh, there she is. My friend Kim gave a workshop yesterday. She has a book called Rest His Heart about same-sex attraction and living a life of celibacy, living a life of holiness. I know chastity is possible because we have people who live it. Guess what? I'm married. I'm still called to chastity, even in my marriage. Because in my marriage, chastity is holiness. Chastity is loving my husband properly. Chastity is not using my spouse. Because guess what? People even in marriage can use their spouses. You know that? And if you don't learn that now, guess what? When you put a ring on it, it's not going to change. Your porn problem doesn't go away all of a sudden once you put a ring on it. Your, your desire to use somebody doesn't go away just because you put a ring on it. In fact, grace builds upon nature. So right now in your human nature, if you practice self-control, if you're learning how to say no to the desires of the flesh, guess what? You're building a muscle. And as you get married, or maybe you're called to a life of celibacy, it's gonna get stronger and stronger because you're building that muscle. But it doesn't just happen when you put a ring on it or when you become a nun or a priest or a celibate. You don't all of a sudden become free of your addictions, your sexual addictions. But every single one of us is called to love and to be a gift. And you guys can do that now as single people. But, but let me tell you, what is the, when it comes to our sexuality, every single one of us is called to be a gift. But when it comes to marriage, most people, I, would, I don't even know what the percentage is, but I would guess 98% of Catholics don't even know this. Even in marriage. So sex is a renewal of the wedding vows. 
okay? When my, whenever you have sex, you are actually renewing your wedding vows. Because Pope John Paul said the language of the body in sex is that of free, total, faithful, fruitful, which are actually the vows that people make on their wedding day. It's the promises. So my husband and I, on our wedding day, they say, do you come here freely? You weren't forced to do this. This isn't arranged marriage. This isn't coerced anyway. You are fully free. And my husband and I said, yes, we are free. And also, are you free of addiction? Because if you're addicted, you're not really free. Like, are you free? You are choosing this marriage freely. We said, yes. They said, do you come here totally? You're going to give all of yourself. You don't just love this guy because of the pleasure he can give you because he is fine. And he is a fine looking man. I'm just saying. Okay. People are like, oh my gosh, your last name's Angel. You're a chassis speaker. I'm like, yeah, my husband's hot. When we were engaged, I want to pounce him. Okay. Let me just tell you. Chastity is possible. It's not easy. Amen. I'm just telling you like it is. Like, like, again, I will say anything. I will say the things you need to hear. I don't care. Um, it is absolutely possible. So you say, do you come here, to- you, you give yourself totally. You love your spouse, body, heart, mind, and soul. You don't just love them because you have chemistry and you have good sex. You guys, literally, there was a celebrity couple that got divorced after 10 years of marriage. <laughs> and they said the reason why they got divorced, they're like, yeah, you know, we were becoming too much like friends. I was like, that's what it's supposed to be based on. In fact, the catechism says chastity blossoms in friendship. My husband is my best friend who I want to pounce. I think that's like the best definition of marriage. (laughs) Like your best friend who you are sexually attracted to. That's what marriage is. And I'm not talking about like my gal pal. When I talk about friendship, I'm talking about like Aristotle's three types of friendship. Because Aristotle had three types of friendship. The highest form of friendship is when you have a common goal, common aim. And as Christians, as baptized Christians, our common goal should be heaven. Amen? My husband and I want to get each other to heaven. And guess what? I had, we, had a, we heard that a deacon, when he would prep couples for marriage, he would look to the husband or the, the fiance, the dude, and he'd say, hey, if your wife got in a car accident three weeks into your marriage and couldn't have sex ever again, what would you do? And the woman always goes, <laughs> yeah, babe, what would you do? Right? Our goal in marriage is to get each other to heaven. It's not like I want as much orgasm as possible. I'm just going to be honest with you. Our goal in life is to get to heaven, right? So, we, so we, the, 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 the priest or the bishop or the deacon says, do you come here totally? Do you give all of yourself? And guess what? All of ourselves, that's the good and the bad. It's the baggage. It's the trauma we've had as kids. It's all of it. We give everything, Right? So they say, do you come here freely, totally, faithfully? Do you promise to be faithful to this person and and only this person till death do you part? Saying, you're not looking at porn when you get married. There's nobody else. I'm not flirting with other people. Like, it's you and only you until I will be faithful to you till death do us part. So free, total, faithful. The last one is fruitful. The church says, are you open to children? But are you also open, if you can't have children, are you open to bearing the fruits of the Spirit in your marriage? Guess what? Every single married couple should show people God's love. Do you know that? Every single marriage should show people God's generosity, goodness. Now, I want to apologize right now. If you guys grew up in a family where your parents' marriage, you didn't want, you're like, I don't want that kind of marriage because guess what? That's me right here. Sadly, I said, I don't want to marry a man like my father. That's a sad, but you know what? I want, to, I want to tell you guys, you don't have to repeat your parents' mistakes. Amen? You don't have to repeat them. 
If your parents, one of them cheated, if one of them left, if one of them, you got, they got divorced, you don't have to repeat that mistake. You don't have to repeat that. In fact, what you do with your life is going to affect generations. And if you are called to marriage, it's going to affect your children and your grandchildren. But so the church says, you come here freely, totally, faithfully, fruitfully, and you make those promises on your wedding day. And guess what? When a couple has sex their first time after those wedding vows, those vows go from being words to becoming flesh. And their marriage is consummated. Every time a couple has sex, they're renewing their wedding vows. So Pope John Paul said, but what if you're having sex outside of marriage? Then you're making, you're, you're making a promise with your body that your mouth never did. You're lying with your body. Because your body, the language of sex is, I, I promise to love you freely, totally, faithfully, fruitfully, stamped in your body. That's the language of sex. He's like, but if you've never made those vows with your words, your body is lying. It's kind of like the prophet Lady Gaga. Um, you know, she said in her song, Poker Face. I don't know if y'all listen to the words of Poker Face. She literally is like talking about the language of the body. She's like, I won't tell you that I love you, kiss or hug you because I'm bluffing with my muffin. She's not talking about a pastry, Okay. Y'all know what a buffet top is, okay? Like, she's saying, I'm going to wear a poker face in sex because I'm going to lie with my body. If she knows how to lie with her body, then she almost it's almost like, well, you know what the truth is. There is a truth to our bodies. There is a truth to sex, and it is good. And the purpose of sex is that it's supposed to unite the spouses, and it's for procreation. That's what sex is for. And I'm kind of going to go backwards because I'm going to say something that the 95% of Catholics probably don't know. Maybe 98% of Catholics have never heard this. <clears throat> what is chastity in marriage? And then when, we, when I tell you that, I'm going to be able to tell you what chastity even in your singlehood looks like right now before you're married. Okay, ready? Here it goes. So I'm going to say the words. Don't be embarrassed. Okay, ready? In marriage, every single sexual act... 98% of Catholics don't know this, okay? Not every single sexual act in marriage needs to intentionally end up with a husband's semen in his wife's vagina. I said it. Okay, sorry. See you later. Everybody, I'm done. Okay. Okay, so intentionally in marriage, every act. So when it comes to foreplay, all that stuff, every single sexual act needs to end up with a consummation of the act. No masturbation, no, I mean, like, no oral sex, no all this stuff, unless it has to lead to a husband's semen ending up in his wife's vagina. There's, like, morality, sexual morality 101, okay? So what does that mean for you as, if you're single? Okay, what does that mean for chastity? Because sex is a renewal of the wedding vow. Sex is good. Actually, in the catechism, Pope Pius XII said that sex was meant by God to be pleasurable. It's a good thing. That's how God created it. Okay? So it's beautiful. It's good. There should be no shame. And if any of you guys have shame around sex or your body, I would just, when you pray about that, just say, God, I want to be free from this shame. Free me from the shame. You know, people say like, shame on you. I want you to pray like, shame off of you in the name of Jesus. Shame off of you in the name of Jesus. Because so many of us, so much shame has come in through pornography Maybe we are addicted. I mean, my husband, he worked at an all-boys Catholic high school for 10 years. And these boys would come up and say, Mr. Angel, I have been looking at porn since I was eight. I mean, that's the average age now is between eight and 11. Because someone shoves it in your face. And so much of us, so many of us, the shame that comes through that, that we can't stop. You guys, that, Jesus does not shame us. And I want to let you know it is possible to be free Okay, and so many of us, we, we want to be loved so badly, 
that we'll do anything for someone to love us. I mean, I've been there. I know what it's like to be like, I just want someone to say, I love you. I want someone to tell me that I'm beautiful. So I'll give them, you know, I'll give them parts of my body and myself that I'm ashamed of because I just want to, I want to feel loved. So I know I'm not here to condemn you. And Jesus doesn't condemn you. Jesus says, go and be free and sin no more. And so if, after this session, if you need to go to confession, amen, go. I'm going to give you some other steps too to help us be free. But the truth is what I want you guys to do is I want you to see people in a different way. I want you to see every single person in this room as your brother or sister in Christ. Not as someone to be used for your pleasure, but as a person to be loved to get to heaven. Because if we all changed our mind and how we saw each other, although I know, I know, when I was a single like college girl, like every single dude, I was like a squirrel on crack, okay? I was like, oh my gosh, he could be my, he could be the one, right? He could be the one. And I'm already thinking of our last names. I'm like writing it out, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have 10 babies, you know, <laughs> whatever. But we need to see each other different. So I remember I had a friend who, we were in the mall one time. My friend Paul and I were walking in the mall and there was a massive Victoria's Secret poster and this girl's half naked and we both turn our heads. I turn my head because I don't want to compare myself to this airbrush model, you know. And my friend Paul turns his head and he's like, that is somebody's sister, that is somebody's daughter. Her name is Dolores. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, a priest told me that when I'm tempted to lust after a woman, I give her a name. And I'm like, Dolores, really? That's my grandma's name, okay? You know? <laughs> we think of another name, you know. But I thought that was so beautiful. I was like, dang. In that moment, he could have chosen to lust after this woman in his heart. But in that moment, he stopped himself and he said, that is a real human being who has a name. That is actually somebody's sister and someone's daughter. I thought that was so beautiful. So I tried to practice that myself, right? So I was in Australia on the beach. And by the way, when you're in Australia, the accent is like automatic 10 points, you know, of hotness. You're like, beautiful, hello, how are you? I'm great, yeah. You know, like, oh. Y'all are missing Matt Frad's workshop right now. No, just kidding. So like, I was like in Australia at this beach and all of a sudden Hugh Jackman's running across the waves, you know, or he kind of looked like, whatever, like good looking Australian dude. And in that moment, I'm like tempted. Do I like in this moment lust after this man and dream of our babies, you know? And, how, and in that moment, I stopped myself and I looked at the man and I said, Lord, thank you for this man. You did good. Amen. That was it. I acknowledged the fact that this dude was good looking. And that was it. That's all it had to be. Instead of me continuing to lust in my heart, to fantasize in my heart, I acknowledged the fact of what was going on in my body. I said, okay, that guy's attractive. Because guess what? Just because you're attracted to someone doesn't mean you have to act on it. Amen? Can I tell you, just because you get married doesn't mean you stop being attracted to people. Guess what? <laughs> You know how many people I know who are married who've cheated on their spouses because they, don't have, they haven't practiced self-control and self-mastery of their passions? So guess what? If you use in a marriage, you know, emotionally you start, it starts getting a little rocky, whatever. You have to start dealing with some stuff. And guess what? The old boyfriend comes along, sliding into those DMs. Back in the day it was Facebook. Today, wherever, it's TikTok, Snapchat, oh, Instagram. Okay, you know, and you, got, you, you get all that stuff. And guess what? If you haven't practiced self-mastery and self-control, you haven't practiced learning how to not use people, guess what? That's going to look pretty good. Guess what? I tell Father Mike Schmitz all the time, you are a gorgeous piece of man. Lord, Lord, thank you for this man, you know. No, Father Mike, we are friends with Father Mike. We love him. Um, Bob, my husband, Bobby, and Father Mike, they just look at each other in their eye like, you're beautiful. No, I'm just kidding. They don't do that. They are, but I am so grateful. I have beautiful brothers in Christ and I have to look at every one of them 
instead of seeing them as objects to be used, I have to see that my brothers who I love, whom I want to get to heaven. Even my husband, what was so beautiful is my husband, the first time I met him, he was in seminary. And there was actually, it was beautiful because I got to see him instead of like, oh, automatically like this. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, oh, father, what a waste. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I, like literally as a single woman, I'm like, God, you take all the good looking ones. Okay. Father Lococo's in here somewhere. He's another one. Where is he at? Father Lococo, love you. Good looking priest. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, do you leave? He's like, I'm embarrassed by this lady. No, I'm just kidding. But I have to look at my brothers, acknowledge, yes, of course they're beautiful, but just because I'm attracted to them doesn't mean it has to be anything. You guys are gonna have to learn that as single people, you also are gonna have to learn it as married people or celibate people. Attraction doesn't mean you have to act on it. And that's where you have to learn to acknowledge something, acknowledge like I'm attracted to this person. Great, the end. It doesn't have to mean anything, I don't have to go anywhere. So you have to appreciate human beings like, and see people differently. So instead of seeing people as something to use, we see people as, as persons to be loved. And like really when you're single, the goal should not be how far can you go with someone, it should be like, how can I love this person? How can I get this person to heaven? When Bobby and I were dating and engaged, it was really tough. Chastity is tough when you meet the person you wanna marry and you're like, oh, this guy is so hot, they're fine. You know, like it is difficult when you know you're about to get married, but you're not married yet. So Bobby and I constantly had to talk, we constantly had to say, okay, when we're watching a movie, feet on the floor, okay? Like we have to like create boundaries for ourselves. And we'd be like, okay, you have to leave at like 11 o'clock because if it's past then I'm pouncing. You know what I'm saying? Like we had to be, you guys, we had to laugh at ourselves. We had to be honest. You guys, I think if you are honest with yourself in your journey of chastity and you can laugh at yourself, amen? You could just be honest like, People, you guys were made horny, amen? If there was a different word, I would use it. There's not, okay? <laughs> There's no other word for like, like some of the popes, like Pope John Paul and Pope Benedict, they're like sexual excitement, sexual, uh, it's just horny, we're horny, okay? God created us that way to continue the human race, okay? He created us that way, amen, amen. That is such a good thing. It is so good, but guess what? Your horniness, your sexual excitement can either return inward as like, I want to please just myself, or it goes outward and you become a gift of self. You serve others. You learn how to love others properly. You guys, God is so good, but guess what? The devil twists everything, amen? The devil, if you want to look at, Christopher West says this, he's like, if you want to look at what is most holy, look at what has been most profaned. The devil has taken, the devil's not a creator, P.S., the devil is not the opposite of God. If I ask people like, who's the opposite of God? People are like, the devil, no. The devil's a creature. The devil's a fallen angel. God has no opposite, amen? The opposite of the devil, in fact, is St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel is an angel who chose to obey God. Lucifer, the devil, disobeyed God and took a bunch of angels with him. And guess what? The devil, he can't create because he's not the creator. He can only twist that which God created. So the devil wants to twist sex. Why? Because sex is so good. Marriage and family is so good. So the devil, all he can do is twist it and make it profane. And look at our culture. Pornography makes more than the NFL, the, M the NBA, and the MLB combined. In fact, I just want to say this little fact because I thought it was hilarious. Somebody put mine and Bobby's Ascension Chastity video on Pornhub. And it had like 16,000 views because I was like, I don't know what people thought they were getting, but they got a chastity talk instead. 
I thought that was, now I wouldn't recommend doing that. Don't be the one to venture into Pornhub, okay? But I thought that was, I'm like, great, somebody put our video on there. And I was like, they watched a chastity talk. Like, how cool is that? Okay. So you guys, as single people, what does this mean? So as single people, <laughs> I'm going to say something and it's going to be really, really, so like, because people do ask the question, like, well, when I'm single, how far is too far? And this is going to be really difficult to hear because our culture says that nothing is too far. Our culture says, oh my gosh, having sex on the first date, no big deal. Doing whatever. I mean, now our culture, not even kidding, our culture is trying to normalize pedophilia by calling it MAP, minor attracted persons. I'm not even kidding. Like Freud, Sigmund Freud would be like, yes, this is awesome. And Jesus is like, oh my gosh, like how this is heartbreaking. But you are called to be a light in the world, amen? You guys are called to be a light. Okay, so when it comes to being single, what does chastity look like? Number one, it would be your heart. How do you look at people? Do you see people as objects to be used or do you see them as your brother or sister in Christ, as persons to be loved? Number two, okay, I'm gonna say this, how far is too far? It's not, it's not gonna be pretty. So I asked a pre, I have a couple different ways of saying this. Um, a priest one time I thought had a great distinguishment of like what is, what is reserved for marriage and what is reserved for people who aren't married. And he said, the difference, that if, you, if I had to give you two words, one is arousal is reserved for marriage because everything that arouses you and leads to sex is reserved for marriage and signs of affection are, are meant for those who aren't married, even for those who are celibate, which all of you, if you're single, you're called a celibacy at this point in your life. But when you're married, you are called a chastity, which is just holiness, integration, being a gift, right? So signs of affection, what are signs of affection? Holding hands, hugging, giving a kiss. But even, I will say, when it comes to kissing, oh my gosh, even that can start the, the arousal train, right? And you guys, I think it's more apparent than ever when people get married, <laughs> when you are married, you realize men and women are very different. Pope John Paul talked about, this is a pope, before he was pope, he was cardinal, at the very end of Love and Responsibility, his book, he talks about how the arousal curve of men and women are different. Pope John Paul, get it, boy. You know, what's up? You know that Pope John Paul, he was like, men, their arousal curve is like that. Like, my husband can just, like, look at me, and I'm like, babe, just relax, dude, you know? I was like, the only time I am ever as horny as you is when I'm ovulating, Okay. Dude, man, I'm, it is so funny. When you are married, because I feel like when you're single, you're just horny all the time. But when you get married and you're like, have kids and you're tired, you're like, bro, dude, I'm like, Lord, how old does he have to be before that sex drive? Just, you know, but like men can think of something and just be immediately aroused. Ladies arousal curves are a bit different. Okay. So women are a little bit slower, but then it lasts longer. Your arousal lasts longer. Okay. So Pope John Paul, how beautiful is this? I thought this was the very end of love responsibility. I had to go all the end to find this. Um, he's like, men, it is the duty of a husband. This is the Pope saying this. I love you, Pope John Paul, St. John Paul. He said, it is the duty of the husband, because I don't know if you know this, but men always orgasm. Women do not always, okay? Um, he said, it is the duty of the husband to get his wife to orgasm at the same time as him. What's up, dude? This celibate man. 
I'm telling you, I have heard Protestant married pastors talk about sex. I'm like, the celibate man knows more than you do. Boom. Okay. <laughs> like, awesome. Like, our celibate pope said that. That is what love is. But when you are single, so single, all acts of arousal are meant for marriage. And when you are single, it's acts of affections. It's what you can do in public, in daylight, okay, in front of the pope or your grandma. And you're like, what? Okay. You guys, the, this is really difficult. It's not easy. And, and the thing is, our culture is so, like, back in the day, even 50 years ago, it wasn't, right? That, that was, like, normal. Like, yes, you learn how to be a gentleman, a lady in public, right? You're not just sitting out making on top of a hood of a car, okay? You guys, what I'm saying to you, our culture thinks is prudish. Nothing about chastity is prudish. Chastity is not a bunch of no's. It's a bunch of yeses. It's saying, I want to get to heaven. And Jesus, I want to love as you loved I want to love people, not use them. Is that easy? No. Because we've been trained to use. We've been trained by our movies. We've been trained by the music we listen to. We've been trained our whole lives to use people. So we kind of have to untrain. We've been deformed. We need to be reformed by Christ, by grace, because we have been deformed by our culture. We become more animalistic than human. Is that not true? Animals, animals don't have, animals cannot choose to love. Animals have instinct. They just do, they do it, right? They go, they, you know, it's like, I remember that song came out when I was like junior high. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Y'all are like, you were like zero when that came out, okay. I was like, oh my gosh, but literally that's what our culture teaches, to be, teaches us to be animals instead of human beings. Because human beings, human beings have a capacity and a choice for love instead of lust. The opposite of love is lust, which is choosing to use another. And we're, you guys, we're called to so much more. And I just want to, as a plug, say, when you choose a life of chastity and holiness, it's not a life of sadness. In fact, you are more free. You are so much more free. And I want to say it is possible. Why? Because I know it's possible. I have a friend, he was a sex addict in his marriage. And it was ruining his marriage. And he had two daughters. And he, he came to me. I saw him years later. And he said, Jackie, the first time I met you, he's like, you had no idea, but I was a sex addict. He's, he was a youth minister. He's like, you had no idea, but I was, I, was a, I was an addict. He's like, I had to go away for two years in another state away from my, my wife and my children to get therapy. He's like, but now, he's like, I have, my, my marriage has never been better. Because for the first time in my life, my wife has a husband who is free. My wife has a husband who is free, who can love her as she was meant to be loved. You guys, when we are slaves to our sin, we're not free. We can't love properly. But when we are able to say no to our passions, our desires, we're able to be free and to love as God calls us to love. And it's beautiful. You guys, my husband and I don't use contraception because the church, that's a grave sin, right? We don't use contraception in our marriage. Obviously, is it, is it difficult to, in my cycle, to, uh, if we're avoiding pregnancy, which are like, obviously, it doesn't seem like you guys do that too often. Um, <laughs> we do. We do. And even in marriage, of course, it's difficult. Of course, it's difficult to, when you're married, you're like, sex is good. But at this moment, we have to avoid, of course, when I'm ovulating and I'm the most like wanting to pounce them, you know, and is that difficult? Of course. But I know my husband would never want to use me. 
my husband would never want to. That, I, I love my husband so much because I know he loves me as his bride, as his sister in Christ. And guess what? He's been training for years by getting porn out of his life. He's been training for years on practicing self-mastery. I've been training, you know, since I was, since I had my conversion in my faith at 18, I've been practicing chastity. Now I haven't been perfect. I've had to go to confession a lot, but I've been practicing getting stronger in this like chastity muscle. You guys, it's not easy, but it is possible. And I want to tell you, it is totally worth it. Okay, so what are some, as we close, we're this, like, y'all, I normally give like two hour talks on this. I could, do, oh my gosh, there's so much else I could say, but there were like 30 minutes. I'm like, Lord, we have a lot of videos on Ascension where we can go into this. And if you ever want Bobby and I to record a video about any topic, let me know and we'll do it, okay? Um, but here are some things you can do to help you in your walk, okay? Number one, stay close to the sacraments. Go to confession as often as possible. You need grace. You guys, God's grace is so powerful, we cannot do it without grace. We can't just pull ourselves by our bootstraps and do it. We can't, it's not us, it's God's grace. Okay, so we need to stay close to sacraments. Go to confession, go to mass, pray. Number two, you need community. You need people. So dudes in the room, my brothers in Christ, you need other men to keep you accountable. Have an accountability buddy, accountability group. Ladies in the room, you need women in Christ who are gonna keep you accountable. Because I, trust me, it's not like women don't look at porn. I, I have had so many young girls, so many young girls in high school, college be like, Jackie, I've been struggling with porn since I was probably whatever year old. You know, and they're like, I'm the star kid of my youth group or whatever. No one knows. You need accountability too. You need accountability in your chastity. My best friend, when I was dating Bobby and engaged to Bobby, my best friend would be like, Jackie, how's your chastity doing? And I'd be like, oh, well, you know? <laughs> and I'd have to tell her, but I knew she cared about my soul. She was like, I want you to get to heaven. Like, thank you, you know. And so she would keep me accountable. So you need grace, you need community. And you know what? I'm gonna say this if you need to go to therapy, go to therapy. Because some of you, maybe it has been so entrenched in your life. I will say, a lot of times addictions or sexual things are attacked, they're from something else. They're not, it's not, that's the fruit. Sexual addiction or any kind of, this is just the fruit of something deeper. Okay. There's a book called Unwanted by Jay Stringer, who's a Christian psychologist, and he talks about every single sexual deviancy comes from something in our childhood. And he kind of, it's like a, a beautiful book. It's beautiful. It talks about like, when, especially when you've been abused, especially if your parent, like there's, there's a lot of things. There's a reason we go to what we go to. There's a reason I hooked up with guys in high school. It's because I wanted to feel loved. Oh, why did I want to feel loved? Because my dad never told me I was beautiful and loved. So I'm like, I'm going to go to guys to tell me. You guys, there's stuff there. So we have to look deeper at what is the root of our sin. My friend Kim Zember, I don't know if she left, Kim Zember, she, she talks about when we go to confession, we cut off the fruit, but we don't often go to the root. Y'all, you're never going to be able to get rid of a sin if you don't go to the root of it. Amen. You're cutting off the fruit, but you got to go and look at what is the root of my sin? Why am I doing this? When you do something, I want you guys to ask why. Thanks for listening, friends. To hear more content from speakers like this, join us for Seek 24 in St. Louis, January 1st through the 5th. Visit seek.focus.org to learn more.